We're going places, not college, but places. Hey guys, this is Hard Time Strong Men, and today we're talking about infantry squad and fire team roles. Our references for today are FM 3 21.8, Infantry Platoon and Squad, and TC 3 21.76, The Ranger Handbook. We Woo-hoo. wanted to talk about this today <laughs> because uh, we got a suggestion from a, from a listener, uh, and he requested that we put together a class on what he coined as a skills matrix, uh, different skills that you should try to foster in order to fill in for uh, these combat roles. And, you know, if you had to adapt to these roles uh, in your, in your specific group. So this is our first part of that, uh, of that project. So we are going through every job in a infantry fire team and every job in an infantry squad by doctrine what's expected and our experience uh with those roles if any what do you mean if any i mean the only thing i haven't done is squad leader and rto and that's why you have me yeah and and here you are (laughs) hey so per doctrine infantry squad is a maneuver or a base of fire element it's comprised of two fire teams and a squad leader it can establish a base of fire provide security for an element or conduct fire and movement by utilizing both teams squad leader has two subordinate leaders team leaders under him allowing him to freely control the entire squad the infantry squad fire team is the fighting element within the infantry platoon it's designed to be a self-contained team. So the infantry squad leader is a senior infantry soldier in the squad. By rank, he'd be uh, an E6, a staff sergeant. The squad leader is responsible for everything that his squad does or fails to do. He directs his team leaders and leads by personal example, leads the squad through his two team leaders. He's the subject matter expert on all battle drills and squad weapon systems. He directs their fire calls for fire, controls movement of his squad, communicates timely and accurately with hire, so sit reps, salute reports, reports EKIA, squad position, and squad status. By experience, he does a little bit of everything. A good squad leader, he's going to be very mobile between you know his Alpha and Bravo teams. Um, he is responsible for movement, planning out, uh, you know, during the Mafrigon leaders recce. By experience, a lot of times, yes, while conducting patrols, uh, during patrols, he's always the one, like, taking in all the knowledge from around him, from his team leaders, from the environment, and passing it up to higher, while making game time decisions himself in the field. Um, He's usually the one that (laughs) figures out exactly what's going on, putting all the pieces together and uh, moving to destroy the enemy, which is so much fun. <laughs> well, he he's finds the way to make it work. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way of putting it, actually. Yeah. It's like, here's all the broken pieces. Let's, uh, I don't care how you do it, just get it done. Let's, let's just try to salvage something 
let's try to make a win out of this. That's that's a very good way of putting that. Like let's let's try to salvage this. This is totally messed up. I mean, the PL has totally well, and, screwed this and, up. He's lost. He's somewhere. He's not even here. He's probably lost in his room right now. I'll try to make this work. Oh, okay. Well, and so oh, I, I want to confuse people with this class because I purposefully limit it to the squad level. Okay. You know, not, not taking into account, you know, higher leadership. But <laughs> if you can call but, him higher. <laughs> right. But in a in a cohesive and a good squad, you know your squad leader is your subject matter subject matter expert on everything, mm-hmm. on every weapon system, on every bit of equipment, on every battle drill. So he can do spot checks on his on his team leaders who should be you know subject matter experts in their own right should be ready to take up his position if they need to. But he is in a you know he's in a mentorship role. You know, he's trying to work himself out of a job. He is, he is very much but, the uh, the real life version of like a grandmaster chess player. Like he knows how to move his pieces to get the right. outcome he desires. Well, and he's become that subject subject matter expert by being in every single one of those positions yep. before him. Yep. So he was put in this leadership position. Those responsibilities were taken away from him, you know, in lieu of other ones. So when, you know, when we were in a rifle squad, none of the Joes had radios. Very rarely did the team leaders have radios. You know, it was on the squad leader. Sometimes he had two. Which is crazy. to talk to leadership and to, and to call for fire. But, I mean, you have a guy who's leaning on his team leaders to do, you know, to make sure their Joes are acting right, being where they need to be, doing what they need to do directing fire, figuring out where they need to move, checking his map, listening to the radio. So juggling a lot of stuff, bridging he he bridges the gap between leadership and, you know, the you know, the actual shooters, the you know, the actual fire team. See, that still blows my mind because even in battle drills, you have to be able to communicate from one team to the other. Especially mm-hmm. what, battle drill one alpha? Oh yeah. Like how, how the hell are you going to send out? Sorry, I'm venting here. How the hell are you going to send out team leaders without radios and expect them to pull off these battle drills? Well, I mean, like, what are we supposed know, to do? Just like we pull out flags <laughs> and like wave them or shoot off flares or, you know, scream. Well, I mean, like, yeah, well, I mean, you remember Wolf Tales, you remember. Yeah, I think our, our base thing when, when I was in third platoon was we just, you know, talked guns. Yeah. So playing beforehand, hey, you know where Alpha's going, you know where Bravo's going. You know, sometimes we had whistles, but it... Sometimes it yeah. works, but what if you have to, like, actually, you know, adjust the plan on the fly? Like, if the situation it's calls for it, and you have to adjust. Like, you have no way of communicating that without radios. And this, kids, is why communication is important. <laughs> well, it, it's tough. Right, that's why your base plans need to be, you know, set up ahead of time. That's why you need more radios than you know, just what four people with them. Come on. Um, okay, rant over. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I mean, in the end, the squad leader, like we said, is the uh, the grandmaster chess of his his little dominion. He knows how to move his people. He knows what they're going to be doing. He knows how to effectively lead them. He knows how to 
he knows their personalities. He knows what they're going to do. He can anticipate everything they're going to do, and they understand mm -hmm. him. It's such a symbiotic. Yeah, exactly. It's such a, a good symbiotic relationship. If it's done properly, mm -hmm. it is orgasmic. You're welcome. You okay, buddy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a day off. No, I'm feeling I mean, great. No, I mean, when when you see a, a fire team, uh, you know, a line squad put in work and they work together for a while, it's a beautiful it, thing. It is so like gorgeous. It is a, is a beautiful machine when just watching everybody go hardly, you, know, you hardly hear anybody talk. It just, you know, yeah, it, it just, just happens. Works. It's crazy. Yeah is really cool to see but um going back to going back to the class main thing at least in my experience for squad leader so the the planning the movement and just communication communication was the the biggest thing mm -hmm. you know communicating with higher okay if we have ekia do we have casualties ourselves you know pushing up you know having a team leader push up a laser port to push up to higher so we can coordinate uh you know resupply I mean, there's just so much, so much, you know, talking with platoon leadership, figuring out the mission where we need to go so he can disseminate to his dudes and, you know, the, the constant sit reps and everything else to, you know, to make the, to make the machine roll. Mm -hmm. But moving on the fire team leader by doctrine. So team leader responsible for everything that his fire team does or fails to do. He leads his team by personal example. He has authority over and is responsible for the actions of his team. He cares for his soldiers, his team, their weapons and equipment. So he has to make sure he has accountability of all that equipment, of all of his guys. He is the subject matter expert for all of the team's weapon systems, positions, battle drills. Leads his team in fire maneuver, uh, controls movement, fires, he ensures that his team maintains 360 degrees of security at all times. He's prepared to assume two levels up, so squadron position up to platoon sergeant, which happens very, very often. <laughs> and he enforces discipline and prevents and preventive medical measures. So checks your feet, tells you drink water, and. He manages his team's supply as needed, so divvying out uh, ammunition for his sogner between his dudes, uh, rotating on, you know, if you have to carry mission essential equipment, uh, divvying out those heavy loads, uh, all that nonsense. Yeah, so that and, leads into our experience of, you know, what a team leader actually does. So, I mean, he basically just embodies, you know, the leadership to his men. Um he sets the example, and his example is the standard. It's the gold standard of what his fire team should be doing, regardless of what the situation is. Um, he is, of course, a subject matter expert on his team's weapon systems, positions, and battle drills. I mean, that's the battle drills have been dr drilled in our heads since basic training, so you know, there's no reason to forget that stuff. You just got to know it. Every person but in you, that, what they should be but doing. But you have a lot of young dudes who... Yeah, you know when when it's time to roll, they, you know, oh. everyone freezes up at some point. Oh god! So it's you know it's the responsibility of the team leader to, mm -hmm. you know, hit you up the side of the head, say, hey, 
you know what to do just do it exactly and you know when it's time put them in the right direction yeah and when it's time to go into say a building or you know a uh the x as we like to call it the, the target area he is the first one in and he is the last one out he goes in so he can assess everything and direct the flow as needed and he's the last one out to make sure that all of his guys come out no one's left behind you know he takes care of his team so that the whole team can complete the mission at hand He's in charge of radio communications. If he's got a radio, he's in charge of signaling and, of of course, land navigation. Land navigation is a skill everyone should have, but above all, he's got the map. He'll guide his team. Yep. And, you know, in my experience, I you know, used to joke a lot, but the in a, if you're in a, you know, a young private and a fire team, your team leader is your dad. Yep. Dad. I mean, they are both in garrison, in you know, in the field, overseas. They, they are your leadership. Mm-hmm. They are who you talk to. They are any issue you have, you bring to them, and it's their responsibility to fix it. Hopefully you know, you got the, a good dad. the team is such a the team is such a such a cohesive, such a. I don't know how to describe how how ingrained it is the fire team but like is the is the smallest unit in a you know in an infantry platoon you, know, you have your they're basically your, bunk you, have your mates. you know yeah. you you live I mean, breathe shower hang out with these guys constantly i mean they they surely become your family yeah they they will be your you brothers know? or sisters yeah so your team leader you know in like you said encapsulate leadership mm-hmm. so any question you have there who you go to if they don't have the answer they will find it you know if you know they have the answers or they will find them it's their job to field any nonsense that's coming to the team and it's their job if you get in a mess to you know to get y'all out of it um any nonsense that comes to the team you know the the squadler you know directs where he wants his dudes to go but it's the team leader's job to get his team there so under the team leader, there's the saw gunner, grenadier, rifleman. He's in charge of emplacing all of his dudes, directing fire, fire raid. I mean, everything. Underneath the uh, team leader is your automatic rifleman. Uh, per, per doctrine, the primary weapon and responsibility is the 249 light machine gun, also known as the saw. He's a saw gunner. He can provide a ridiculous amount of fire just a stupid high volume sustained suppressive fire on a point and on area targets you know so on people on bunkers on in place positions what have you uh, he acts as the base of fire to enable cover and movement for team or squads uh, like I said he is the second most senior in the team so he must be able to accomplish all tasks of the rifleman and the grenadier and he should be able to take over the role of the team leader or squad leader, if the situation calls for it. Not much is different in our experience. He is, no. you know, second in line in the team. A lot of the time, he could even be the more senior man. I've heard of, you know, some units running it that way because he, yeah. you know, he has the bigger gun and he is the team's, you know, internal support by fire. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is the team leader's job to 
assigned sectors of fire, but given the experience of the saw gunner before, uh, you know, his team leader even gets there. The Sargon should have his left and rights already in place. He should be scanning. He should be good to go. And that comes you know, down he to He already knows where, yeah, he, he already knows where everyone's supposed to be, you know, in their formation. And he should already have that covered at that point. Uh, takes appropriate action in the absence of orders. He's, you know, like you said, prepared to take on the team leader position and ultimately squad leader position if he needs to. Uh, he learns from his team and his squad leaders. He mentors his grenadier and his riflemen. We're we're seeing a you know, we're seeing a pattern here, starting from the rifleman. You are preparing whoever is under you to take your job. Yes, and you're preparing to take a higher job. The wheel has to keep turning. You have to keep getting better. You have to keep developing so that we can you know become more lethal, more more effective. I think that's what's some the biggest thing that's gone wrong right now with the military, at least from our experience, is that. People in higher leaderships are not teaching those below them to be able to take their job. I don't know if it's ego or what, but people are not being taught to take they higher like roles. To feel needed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they probably have nothing else going on in life. They're just, just this position, whatever. If you're in, teach your people, for God's sake, teach your people this is how there's failures in leadership and this is how stuff goes wrong. Well, not even just in the army, not even if you're in the military, if you have a skill, teach it. Mm -hmm. If you're better at somebody, bring them up to your level. You know, there's a old saying, iron sharpens iron. Surround yourself with excellent people. You'll become excellent. Just, you know, if you, you know, we firmly believe that if you, have strength if you have a skill if you have expertise it is your job to share that it's your responsibility to to push that out yeah if we you know what we're trying to do here if you can increase the standard if you can make everyone else better then it'll be better I, yeah yeah and let's keep in mind too that the uh, the saw gunner needs to have a firm understanding of what that capability of the weapon is because that is a mm -hmm. <laughs> I was a saw gunner. That thing is amazing. I love the mm -hmm. saw position. It's a very, it's a very versatile weapon. So, and we'll, I think we'll dig into these different weapon systems mm -hmm. at length. But the saw, the the idea of the saw gunner is to have a weapon system that takes the same ammunition as the rifle that his team is holding, but being able to divvy out in you know in at volume, right? Yeah. So being able to attack point and area targets, being able to suppress while his team is moving, but just you know being able to do the God, what is it called the um, you know I'm talking about grazing fire. So about a meter off the ground, three feet off the ground. Never mind, machine gun thing. In our experience, also it would be hoob. I really didn't want to say behoove. No. In our experience, it is highly encouraged that the saw gunner modify his assault pack in a civilian context, whatever backpack that you're carrying with a with a heat shield. Something that can take the heat of that extra barrel because barrel changes with a red hot barrel and a not protected assault pack doesn't end in good things. No. It ends in burns. Yeah, and when you were just like Rocking and rolling, holding down the trigger for prolonged periods of time. That barrel 
like you said, is going to get red hot. I have seen it get to the point of where the actual muzzle device, the glue that holds it on, melts, and the muzzle device gets blown off of it. <laughs> In which case, it is just belching fire. I'm not joking. This this fireball, it is a fireball coming out of the end of this weapon, is like two and a half feet wide and probably no, six feet me. long. It is crazy. But yes, uh, team definitely. leaders, make sure that you're checking rates of fire. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And definitely, of course, you know, when you do change that, like you said, have a heat shield in there, have something in there that's heat resistant so that you can put that red hot barrel inside of that while not melting through or setting your pack on fire. Because that would be hilarious. Just saying. And painful. For them. Be uplifting. No. Don't think I will. The Grenadier. <laughs> no, I don't think I will. The Grenadier, by doctrine, the Grenadier is currently equipped with the M203 or M320 40 millimeter grenade launcher. This was my second favorite job in a fire team. Third for me, but it was so much fun. The Thumper. You're configured God. either standalone or mounted under barrel. It provides the fire team with up to 350 meters of high explosive capability. Just Keep in dumb. mind, wherever you touch, there is five meters of death. Grenadier provides three functions. He suppresses, he obscures, and he illuminates. So the 40 millimeter grenade launcher, you have different rounds. So you have your HE or HEDP, that is your high explosive or high explosive uh, dual purpose. You have your illumination rounds. You have your smoke rounds. So this is a very, uh, this is a, a very modular, uh, versatile, a very versatile piece of kit. Mm -hmm. Thank you, versatile. So he suppresses and destroys dismounted and lightly armored vehicles with his HE rounds. He can obscure and screen to cover squad's movements and fires. Smoke grenades. And he, yep. Smoke grenades. And he can use illumination rounds to increase the squad's visibility and mark the enemy. That's loom rounds. He's ready to take on the role of team leader or squad leader. Sometimes I haven't seen it done, but I've heard of team leaders taking uh taking a 320 for that purpose of being able to mark and illuminate. But do they take is, it as a standalone? Uh, it, like, yeah, standalone okay. through an instant assault pack. But it is a is a significant uh weight. I don't remember oh, yeah. how much the system weighs itself, but I do know that every round weighs one pound. Yeah, it's heavy. So that would be a yeah, so that would be a big consideration. By our experience, the Grenadier is the third man up. You know, it's below the team leader. He's he's third to him. So he learns from this, the team leader and the squad leaders and mentors the riflemen, which are position, positioned below him. Uh, so along with the saw gunner, the Grenadier mainly focuses on the dead space or the open areas, the defilade, what have you. Um, he's the only one that can really, truly reach those dead spaces due to the fact that he has to arc his rounds on target and because they're explosive, which is <sighs> amazing. The HE round, like you said, has a five meter kill radius. So if used correctly and effectively, the Grenadier can use either the, uh, the M203 or the M320. They're different weapon systems, same job. Uh, he can use them to absolutely devastating effect on the enemy. 
it can be absolutely terrifying when explosions are going off all around you. And it's so much fun. It's giddying, in fact, to hear that go off Boom. as you're launching one downrange. It's so much fun. Oh, so we were on a we were on a range, a training range for the 320. Mm-hmm. And they gave us the chalk rounds, right? The marking rounds. <laughs> Imagine getting hit with one of those and things. Oh my god. I think they had five eights thick plywood set up as tanks and strikers in the mm-hmm. you know in the field versus shoot at. Yeah. And we were going through the plywood with yeah. the chalk rounds. We were making holes. So for everyone who hasn't seen one of these or experienced the chalk round, um, it is basically just essentially a ball of chalk, but it has a metal washer behind it to propel it down range. That's what's going through the targets. This freaking metal washer, huge metal washer is just spinning through the air and just mm-hmm. plowing straight through this stuff like a freaking sledgehammer. It is awesome. Well, I don't want to nerd out too much over the over the three twenty before we get into its own dedicated class, but uh, right. the muzzle velocity is seventy five meters per second <laughs> out that barrel, which is outrageous <laughs> <laughs> for a flat metal so, washer to be going that fast downrange. Yes, it is. Well, I'm I'm not even thinking just the chalk rounds, so just any any of the rounds, oh, yeah. the HE rounds, anything because the HE has a I think it's a fourteen meter. I think it's a 14 meter uh arming distance before uh, it can so, explode yeah something like that or but even if you even if it doesn't explode oh god can you imagine getting hit with something going that fast so for those of you who don't know what we're talking about for those of you who are say the call of duty warriors this is called direct impacting and it still will more than likely kill you if you get directly impacted by that. It won't explode, but it will probably go straight through your body. Not going to lie. Yeah. It probably will. And the and that's why we talk about spacing, right? So mm-hmm. the saw gunner and the 320 gunner, the grand deer, that's why, that's why we talk about spacing. Because if you don't have good spacing, those guys will wipe out your entire team. They'll wipe out your entire squad. One yes. HE round could take out your entire team if you don't have proper spacing and it wouldn't think twice about it. Yep. If you're all gathered around your phone watching some stupid video on YouTube or Instagram or whatever. Or in a perceived shelter like a building. (laughs) One of those things comes through the window or the door. Oh boy. I was saying that was, so that was part of the, part of the range was getting it through a window. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys who live and breathe this stuff, they they become lasers with those with those three twenties, man, and they can they will wreck your life. I, I think you and me, those things. yeah. I think you and me, and we'll talk about this in our little R and D episode after these ones. But yes, we were going through a scenario if we were running an ambush with a oh with a squad size element, and everybody if everybody had a three twenty or a two hundred three. And you opened up with that. That, mm, Yeah. So very capable weapon system, very capable soldier. If he takes his job seriously and he, you know, is utilized correctly by his, by his team leader. And that leaves us with the 
Rifleman. By doctrine, the Rifleman is the baseline for all infantry soldiers. He's an expert with his weapon system and provides well-aimed fire on the enemy. He must be able to employ all weapons and equipment organic to the squad and be prepared to fill in all of those roles. He can construct and occupy a hasty firing position, utilize cover and concealment correctly, and takes part in special teams such as aid and litter, breach and demo, EPW search, CLS team, ammo bearer, Thor, guy. So CLS is insert here. Yeah, CLS is combat life saving, so first aid. Uh, right. So basically. step under. So step under a medic, EPW yeah. search, enemy prisoner of war, ammo bearer, bears ammo for his saw gunner or yeah. 240 teams. Thor was a, uh, was a anti like anti IED unit. If you it, had it turned on, um, it was a, it was a signal demo. jammer. It was, it was yeah. a signal jammer. So if yeah, it neutralized, it the, on. Uh, yeah. So it would neutralize any radio signals coming into possibly a buried, um, IED. If it was remote triggered, um, the danger there I'm thinking is of the Goldie. Yeah. The Goldie, the Goldie, the Goldie was the minesweeper. Yeah. So yeah, Rifleman still does that. Like you yep. said, so if he has it turned on, like you didn't. Thanks for that. Both both times, isn't like isn't that kind of uncanny? Both the Goldie and the Thor weren't turned on by the time <laughs> like we got back. Th- oh god, I didn't know you didn't have the Thor yeah. on. Yeah, it was both. I don't know how that happened, but wow. later. <laughs> and somehow so. <laughs> So our experience, he's the lowest man on the totem pole. He's at the very, very bottom in the dirt. Uh, even being on the bottom, I am really tired of people ragging on the rifleman. Well, they're they're Be- because they're still able to essential. Like, yeah, he is they're essential. still able to take over any of the other positions at any time. And with I, I love how culture is you know, turning right now with the second amendment community, how everyone wants to train and do everything, but everyone's trained to be a rifleman. Yep. Cause you have to, you know, he is an, he, yeah, he's an expert in his craft. His job is to put well-aimed fire on his enemy. He's his job is to put people in the dirt. That's yep. his own, like that organically by doctrine. That is his one job. Mm-hmm. So his, you know, even you only have one job, you can, drill that to you know to a really high really high standard so uh he has a very you know he's expected to have a very vast skill set that needs to be fostered by his by his leaders you know by you know his superiors his grenadier his saw gunner his team leader squad leader if you raise these guys upright these riflemen they can become powerhouses if you don't have to tell rifleman what to do and he can just do it when something happens i mean he is a he is a huge force multiplier. Oh God, yes. Especially if you end up with like two or three of them at one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Game yep. changer. They are so they are always, 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 uh, additionally tasked. So, you know, like we said, if he doesn't have a, you know, if you don't have a, you know, a special weapon in a in a fire team or a squad, you're going to get tasked out. Yep. Um, so on top of being expert in his job, he has to be an expert in additional duties as well. All so, those things we named, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you end up carrying a lot. So physical fitness is 
you know, it's a, it's a make or break. It's not a, it's not a question of if it's a necessity. So win. the, it's 100% mm-hmm. win. So our, at least in my experience, the, the thought from leadership was always, you weigh the least, so you'll carry the most. And that's how they ran it. Is that why it was always the shortest guys that ended up as 240 gunners? No, they just thought it was funny. Oh, okay. Glad that was never me. <sighs> yeah, me too. I did ask about that, and that was the that was the answer I got. Oh, from um, <laughs> old Sergeant C. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> also, he was could, such an also. <laughs> he was. It could have been something about them being smaller targets, but that's fair. I mean, you wouldn't have to do dead gunner drills as often. I was going to say dead gunner drills suck anyways. So if the guy's yeah. small, it's a little bit easier. Oh yeah. <laughs> that is such uh it's morbid but at the same time it makes so much sense if you knew who we were talking about then uh, a little more specialized we can talk about the infantry weapon squad so the weapon squad provides gang, gang. the primary base of fire for the platoons maneuver multiple squad maneuver the weapon squad is in charge of covering fire for a whole bunch of dudes it's yep. comprised of two machine guns and 240s Two close combat missile teams and a weapon squad leader or a weasel. Each machine gun is comprised of a 240 gunner and assistant gunner. In our experience, the assistant gunner was the senior fighter, the the team leader, and he utilized his experience in keeping the gun up, establishing sectors of fire and controlling fire rates and assisting the weasel when need be. Uh, that looked like you know helping with machine gun math and you know of course dead gunner drills if you. You know, if your gunner dies, you have to be ready to pick that up. Swing them the heck out of the way. Yep, you're dead. Well, now you're dead over there. Yep. Uh, the CCMT, or the close combat missile teams, are comprised of the gunner, the ammo bearer, or, or and the ammo bearer, and currently the teams use the javelin, which is heavy. Yeah, screw that thing. I hate it. God. <laughs> Although it can be used to great effect, as we've seen in Ukraine, to do oh, yeah. armored vehicles and fortified positions. Oh yeah, those are fun too because they have two. They have two modes of fire. One is direct, like it you fire it and it just stays low to the ground and just slams into the mm-hmm. side of whatever's there. Or you can you lob it. You lob it. You fire it out. It goes straight the hell up, and then comes straight the hell down on top of it. It's awesome, but it still sucks to carry around. So by doctrine, the <laughs> <laughs> climbing up those damn mountains right. in Fort Irwin. Uh, so by doctrine, the 240 gunner is a subject matter expert on his 240. He's responsible for his AG and the gun and all of its equipment. He puts the gun in and out of action, knows the ballistic effects of the weapon system on all types of targets, and he assists his weasel and is prepared to assume his responsibilities. In our experience, we ran this completely opposite. And I feel like it makes a lot more sense because if you're the AG, if you're the assistant gunner, you're in charge of reloading. You're in charge of establishing sectors of fire. You're in charge of establishing and communicating rates of fire. Those all sound like they should be team leader level tasks. 
So that's how we ran it, and we were able to run it really, really well. And we actually got the rest of the platoon to to run it that way as well. The other platoons in our in our company. Funny how that happens. Because mm-hmm. they were really uh, bad at their jobs. <laughs> the other thing that I thought we did really well with our with our two forty teams with our weapon squad was uh, the way that they the platoon sergeant let our weasel run a squad was any soldier who you know quote unquote graduated from a from a fire team would graduate into the weapon squad so all these guys whether they were the gunners or the ags were the the cream of the crop they were the most experienced dudes in our in our platoon Mm -hmm. and i think especially with the gravity of uh, of their job the importance of their job and you know providing that base of fire for the entire platoon uh that was that was warranted yeah, it's near, it's very necessary. I guess that brings us to uh, the RTO position. So this is a squad-level position. It is the uh, Platoon Radio Telephone Operator, or RTO. So this person is responsible for communication with controlling headquarters. So whoever your base element is out in the field, whether it be your your overall leader, so your CO, it could be um, a PL, what have you, whoever's the commanding officer in the field at that time, you were communicating with them and radioing their orders back to the squads. So he is, he has communications at all times. Like he is the most important person essentially in the field besides the commander, in, in, in my opinion. Because he's the, he's the voice of the commander. Yeah, he, he is the voice, the voice of <laughs> maybe not reason, but definitely of orders. Um, he is an expert in radio procedures and report formats. So he will deal with all things from calling for fire, danger, close missions, um, calling for indirect fire from whether it's, um, the M triple sevens, uh, howitzers, the one twenty mortars, the 60 mortars, what have you. Uh, he will call for indirect fire based on the, um, field commander's orders. Uh, he will call for medical evacuation should you need it. Uh, he is an expert in field expedient antennas. There's a lot of them. We'll get to those. Uh, he assists the platoon leader with information management because all the information comes into him. It's his job to decipher what he's hearing and convey it in a reasonable and cognitive way to his superiors. I was never an RTO, but something that I saw literally every field op was besides all of his base responsibilities he was um what he was loading every every radio every squad leader platoon sergeant pl everybody getting everybody on the you know on the same page yep yeah if you didn't have a combo guy the rgo was doing it yeah huge job I did. That's a heavy bag. I did it. Yes. Bag. Yes, it was. Ooh. Everybody else had like what forty pound packs, maybe. Hmm. Mine was seventy. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Easy seventy, if not ninety. That was that sucked so bad. And you can't drop it either. Nope. Gotta wear it. So that brings us to uh, I've another. never I've never seen it actually utilized, but by yeah. doctrine, the squad designated marksman. He employs uh, an optically enhanced weapon 
it, it is no different than your normal M4. It just has a better scope on it. He gets training to assist the squad with engagement of Amy's at shorter and medium or at short and medium range to better effect. He doesn't operate as a sniper. He provides improved capability to his squad. I, I've even seen it being a, uh, an M16 being utilized with it, with an yeah, optic. with the, yeah, with the fixed stock. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, it's, they like to think of themselves sometimes as snipers, but then they, uh, they actually come in contact with a sniper and they're like, oh, yeah, that's not me. That's not me, fam. No. <laughs> no. That is a whole new bag of cats that you don't want to mm. open up. So also, we would have... Uh, especially would be attached. Yes. This this is an attached personnel. This is the uh, forward reserver or the FO. Uh this person advises leadership on employment and execution of all fire support tasks. So that would be your mortars, your howitzers, your um... – yeah, I guess that covers it. He's he's, yep. he's mainly um, – yeah, indirect fires. And fires. So, yeah, mortars and, mortars and howitzers. That's it. That's it. Uh, so this person, uh, they scan for targets. They call in these targets and – they call for and adjust indirect fire. So most of the time, the mortars, the howitzers are going to fire what's called a spotting round. It's going to come in. The FO is going to evaluate where that landed, and they're going to adjust either height or number of wet cheese charges that are on the mortar or what have you to put that round, the second round, directly on heads. Mm-hmm. Like, your job or is illumination FO. rounds. Yeah, or illumination rounds, smoke rounds, mm-hmm. whatever. But if it's if it's an HE round, you want that thing landing on foreheads and creating caskets. Yeah. So very, very specialized. All the FOs I've ever known are, real, are super goofy, but their job is, is so very weird. precise. <laughs> so I mean they need so they need to know their grid location at all times. Yes during movement, during anything. They need to know exactly where they are. A lot of time they have equipment, so like rangefinder, something where that can aid them uh, to spot fire or, you know, uh, I guess better, you know, make those quick snap judgments on mm-hmm. uh, calling in those fires. They have the radio, um, always have a map. It, you know, it's a specialized position that a lot of time they have to be, you know, quick about it, but they're the guys that's they're raining hell down. Yeah. So they're, they're the nerds that are who, there. They're the nerds who are always studying maps because they have to. If, mm-hmm. if they screw up, you kill friendlies. Yeah. And that's yeah. not something you ever want to be responsible for or to dream about ever. Well, we'll think about it. So you've got that, you know, that headset on and you're hearing the bird in your ear mm-hmm. all the time, telling you exactly what they see, exactly what's going on. And, yeah, they've got to they've got to make that call. So sometimes the FO does hear the bird, but um, in that context, it's usually the uh, the JTAC, Joint Tactical Air Controller, I think is what they're called. JTACs. Yeah. They're the ones that control yeah. the birds. They're the ones who are in constant communication with uh, drones. Um, they're the ones that are dropping bombs. That's their job. Oh, well. They're the ones who usually do hear the birds. Sometimes the the uh, the FO will hear them, but 
that's probably only going to be a, the case if they are sitting in the operations center. Then they will hear oh, that, okay. and then they can't communicate with them. But they will they will never be the ones that call for a bomb drop. They cannot legally do that. Well, I retain the right to be wrong. That you do. So that leads us to, <laughs> if they do screw up, that leads us into the platoon medic. Or Yay, doc. doc. Yay. These guys are the weirdest of the weird. You leave Doc alone. He's seen too oh. much. Doc triages injured or wounded yes. personnel for priority of treatment. He does sick call. He assists in evacuation. He trains up his CLS guys, his combat lifesaver guys. So uh, in all seriousness, good docs will take this this portion very seriously. Yes. Training up good, yes. good CLS dudes so that he can essentially be everywhere at once. Mm-hmm. So I trained under uh, our good buddy, Doc, and he trained me to a very high standard when you know, he was in my platoon. Yes. And it, you know, so extra equipment. So as a CLS, you're carrying extra equipment. You're essentially a mini Doc running around. So if you are the first to respond to that casualty, whenever Doc gets to you, you can already be working on a casualty. And that is just increasing, you know, making a better outcome for that casualty. Mm-hmm. Um, so he collects supplies from battalion or from aid stations. Uh, he recommends locations to the to the platoon sergeant for casualty collection points, CCPs. Uh, he provides guidance to his CLS personnel as required. He knows EMT procedures. He can open an airway, start IV fluids, control hemorrhaging. He prevents shock. He can splint fractures or suspected fractures. He provides relief from pain. Uh, He's Doc. Those 400 milligrams of Tylenol. God. They don't even give Tylenol. They give ibuprofen. Lord help us all. (laughs) That's true. Uh, But in all seriousness, yes, medics are usually very weird individuals, but they are awesome. They they can be your best friends in the entire world, especially if you're you're injured, you're bleeding. The side of Doc is like, okay, I'm going to be okay. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, they are, they're huge. And the, the thing that people don't think about a lot is when you're out in the field, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you first, when you're at the point of injury, like doc is it until you get to, you know, somewhere where you can be triaged and sent to higher care. So wherever you're going, where you're operating. So in the mountains, in the swamps, going across a river everything doc is there too so you have to think you have to be so however physically fit you are or how physically fit you think you are in order to do all the cool guy stuff doc has to do that with an eight bag yeah and he doesn't get the release of being able to you know go out and assault the enemy you know he he has to focus on internally on taking care of his casualties and a lot of the time that means taking him out too so big big job especially if you get a casualty in the field like higher care is no less than a 30 minute helicopter right away there's a golden hour where you get shot there that's it you have like an hour basically an hour unless it's it's far worse than what it looks you have an hour to get to higher care Doc's job is to prolong that as long as possible. 
He's mm-hmm. there to make sure that you can survive long enough to get to roll two, what roll three, roll two, roll three. Uh, let's just say something like that. Care. The hospital. Yeah, yeah. He's he's there to His make sure that to... you can survive to get there. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not always you know, super dramatic stuff like that. He's you know, so pulling sick call. Mm-hmm. So guys are in the field two, three weeks at a time. You're gonna get the sniffles. You could, you could get a cut that gets infected. Yeah. You know, he's the guy that's checking your feet, you know, along with your team leader. His team leader, you see something and say, hey, doc, check this out. And, you know, you need to be able to, to operate. So he's the guy that's taking care of you. He's so checks to make sure that your leg isn't broken after your idiot striker driver drives into a freaking ditch at 35 miles an hour and sends you flying through the interior of the striker. Are you still bitter about that? I am still bitter about that, but nothing beats immediately waking up once that happened and seeing Doc, the other Doc, go flying through the interior of the striker and bouncing off of something. Like he he flew ten feet. It was awesome. I don't remember seeing that. I just remember crashing into you. Yeah, you about snapped my and your pinned leg. leg. Yeah, I said I was sorry. Wait, I know you're not. I am not, guys. This was our this was our uh, first episode in that skills matrix uh, in that skills matrix focus. We wanted to cover an infantry squad to get everybody on the same page on what roles you know actually happen in a line unit. What actually needs to happen. What what makes that what makes that ball roll so yep. that we can. So we can break down uh, these individual tasks and we can adapt these uh, to our purposes. Just to recap, the things you're going to see within the uh, the teams and squads are going to be your, your squad leader, your fire team leader, uh, an RTO saw possibly, gunner. saw gunner, uh, grenadier, uh, rifleman. Maybe a designated rifle marksman, maybe, but a lot of the time probably it's not, not useful. Yeah, you could you could consider the squad designated marksman as your as your rifleman as a rifleman. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then of course, Doc. Good old Doc. Of course, Doc. Yep. But like we said earlier, the FTO Doc they're they're attached. You know they're not they're not a part of the organic squad. Yep. They're supplementary. Thank you for joining R- us. What's up? RTO, not FTO. I tried to say FO. I know. Idiot. It's an RTO and an FO. Welcome to hell. You'll yeah. be here a while. <laughs> Guys, pass. thanks for joining us. Thank you for <laughs> I hate you. Guys, thank you for joining us for this class. Uh, We're glad to be back. We've, we took a little we, break. <laughs> yeah, we are glad to be back. A lot of life happened, like we said. Yeah. But we have we have a lot planned, and we're going to... We are, we're really going to kill it. I'm excited oh, for yes. the next few weeks. It's... Yeah. So it's we fun. have a lot planned. We're, we're going places. Not college, but places. Oh, God. Thanks for joining us, guys. Like, subscribe, share with your friends. Shoot us comments. If you see us on various platforms, comment. You know, talk to us. We'll talk back. We'll we'll throw ideas. Give us suggestions. We're here. We're here for a good time. Yep. Yeah. We would we would love to have we would love to have your guys' involvement. 
uh, hit us up. Yeah. Stay in the fight. Bye, everybody.